0: Jaguars.com coverage of the NFL Scouting Combine continues from the Indiana Convention Center in Indianapolis. This is Huddle Up, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, Bucky Brooks, and Cynthia Freeland, oh, NFL yeah. media analytics expert. We're running deep on this show today.
1: Yeah, deep. How we doing, deep. Bucky? What's up, Cynthia? Great, How are you?
2: I'm great. I'm great. It's good. so good to see you. I've always loved working with Bucky, you know? Like you guys try to steal him for most of the season, but you know, it's fine. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we'll you do want path him back? The <laughs> path to the draft. <laughs> path to the draft. They may, back. Yeah, they may, they may try and
1: orchestrate a trade. They may try and swap me out for you, Cynthia. You never know.
2: You know, I would love to come down to Jacksonville. Oh, sure. Duval. Nice beaches. Duval. We got it all. Only one, if I get that quarters you're if you're right. Right. Uh, Well, I mean, <laughs> you're not the first person this week to ask for it, actually.
0: Uh, let's start with the 30,000-foot view of the Jaguars. Eight and three start. What, one and five finish? um, And here they are, nine and eight. uh, New defensive staff. A lot of things have happened. So, what's your view of the Jaguars heading into this offseason?
2: I think there's, like, it it sounds, it probably didn't feel good as a Jags fan because you had such huge expectations and it didn't match it. But I don't actually think they're in a bad spot. Like this is much better than maybe people when you have this, you know, a really important position where you throw the ball kind of set makes the whole rest of the stuff work out a lot better. Right. So I think it's tinkering a little bit here and there. Obviously, you know, the longer a coach can be with the GM can be with a team that you get more on the same page and make everyone kind of row the boat in the same direction what is that cheesy thing we yeah. all need to and row in the yeah, same direction yeah Fleck. exactly row <laughs> the boat right but you know I think the longer they're together the better it will be. it'll improve the you know the draft I, I love your analytics guy Ryan Paganetti is the best so I think there's a lot of great things coming up
3: we tend to pick apart the team we cover and fans of tend course. to pick apart the negatives um, and uh, Trevor struggled in the last uh, four or five games the season mostly, I think, because of injuries. Uh, again, from the 30,000-foot view of somebody who doesn't see him every week but who is looking at him in comparison to the rest of the league, just talk about Trevor a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think maybe he gets underrated because, like, I, when you have the in the same division the expectations for C.J. Stroud last year were nowhere near where they ended up being. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone thought the Texans were going to win, like, two games, mm-hmm. three games. and for, So it, it's in the same division, and it just feels – different right mm-hmm. like they had this big change reset you know obviously everyone's looking at the quarterback position there for all the reasons that we can name but it worked out really well for them and that just feels like this weird comparison right next to a team that literally had like the most impressive playoff victory mm-hmm. just a season prior so it was like it i think that's where people maybe like it's easy to pick of course you love something you want to pick it apart you want to know everything about it mm-hmm. but i think it like dialing it back a little bit a little bit healthier a better O line. I'm sorry, we'll yeah. fix a little O line. You have to be sorry. No, no, no It's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. And then another year of you know, I would like Doug Peterson to call the place. I'm not in charge here, but you know, I, I think that that would be a really good thing for, for Trevor.
1: Wow, I mean, real history. French, shots at the offensive line. French, shots at. Uh-huh. We want Doug Peterson. to uh-huh. do Pro for us, Taylor. I do. He's guns blazing. Some I, of that I, gun, I'm guns blazing. That. I'm guns just saying, blazing.
2: why wouldn't I? Why, why would I want to take like like, if I've got Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. I want him to tell me what to do. Like. Why would I? I got what did, the Maserati. I don't know these like, I, I, fancy I, I, I cars. It, I get it. I'm not driving the Prius. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm not saying these Prius. I'm just trying to do a car analogy. But I, I,
1: I get it. Um, so in in thinking about that, because you briefly <laughs> talked about the landscape like at quarterback, but yep. in this division, we talk about three young quarterbacks, and then Trevor lawrence is like the established quarterback yeah, so he's the He he's <laughs> the old year. man now yeah, right? so like let's 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 talk about the quarterbacks in the yep. division like how does trevor stuck out with cj stroud and anthony richardson and will Levis? like how do you expect that to continue to play out
2: i think this is like a low-key good quarterback division you know anthony richardson will come back and hopefully remain healthy we were high on him draft last mm-hmm. year i it was a promising start i i would love to see it continue but i don't know who he is yet like i and i don't think anyone can like it's mm-hmm. exciting but I don't. He just hasn't played enough. We don't know. I think C.J. Stroud really benefits from, you know, obviously Bobby Slow, Gerard Johnson, like all of that infrastructure that's in place to help him really succeed was part and parcel to what. I mean, he's awesome on on his own, but everyone needs the surrounding cast to make them better as well. So that's interesting to me. I I, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on in Tennessee. Like I I don't know what I'm going to see. Like I know that's a big arm.
1: No. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, in all yeah.
0: directions, right? But, yeah.
2: but but I but again, it's like we—it's kind of unfair with him too, because like that was a weird end of the year, no? Yeah, I mean, like, like all of like weird like yeah. weirdness. I don't know. I'm not in the building. I don't know what the like. I, I don't have as, but it's just like it felt weird from the outside. So okay, you know, I wasn't expecting Mike Rabel not to be there. So now we reset. We you know center on things. They don't have. They've got a lot of money. The, the Titans, so they they can whatever. But. I'm 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 happy with old man Trevor if I'm even <laughs> this. Old the old grandpa yeah. of the of the division.
0: It is nice. Cynthia Freeland with us. This is Huddle Up. Where are you with Calvin Ridley and this uh, the offensive weaponry around Trevor? And you know, it felt like it was a totally different offense when Christian Kirk was out of the equation. Say Jones was injured a lot of the year, and then Calvin Ridley is the guy that's coming up to free agency.
2: I like Calvin Ridley. I'm a I'm a fan of his ability to run super crisp pristine routes. He's been that way since he was in college. He was th- that way in Atlanta. Like that is what this man can do. So I think it's it's all going to come down to figuring out like they've got I don't know if anyone really anticipated the cap being as high as it is. I think you know most people thought it would be 15, mm-hmm. 20 million more. Dollars. 30 is a lot. Now you get a little more wiggle room. That changes the dynamics of free agency, and it changes the dynamics of the draft. This isn't as deep of a wide receiver draft as we've seen in recent seasons, right, Bucky? It's
1: not. It's not as deep at the top. Like there's some guys at the top, and then it just kind of narrows up.
2: Exactly. Like before, you were like, there's like legit Mm -hmm. like six, seven guys who are pretty darn good, right? So you know, this year it's just not as deep. So it's all about replacement value as well. So like, what do you, what do you, like, how much are you going to pay for it versus what? It's because it's never like him or like Justin Jefferson. You know, it's yeah. not. It's not like you're choosing between like, like that's not the the math, right? It's like how do we get how much do we get him for, and then what's what is the how do we fill out the rest of the pieces around the roster as well?
3: Do you have any thoughts? Uh, Ryan Nielsen comes in.
2: Love Ryan Nielsen. Super smart. Well, then your thoughts. <laughs> well, look what happened in Atlanta last right. year. I mean, obviously, like you know, Saints. Th- The pedigree is there, the right pieces. But I don't know if last year this time Atlanta fans were thinking like, you know, our defense is actually going to be like one of the strongest that we've seen in quite some time. Mm -hmm. I don't think people were saying that. What makes him special? It was figuring out how to create a pass rush without having premier as the, the amount of premier pass rushers that other teams have. It was leveraging the spine of the defense and getting Jesse Bates and figuring out how to – the middle of that defense was very, very – like they understood the assignment and it worked out, right? The spine of the defense was right.
1: No, the spine of the defense definitely was right. He comes in, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. He's talked about being able to kind of create a scheme yep. that plays to the players. So when you look at the success yep. that Atlanta Falcons have, what was kind of like the biggest impetus by the quicker their quick rise or ascension to the top? i think
2: it was getting the right veterans in place to teach the people who were like n- not like like a slightly above average but like not w- but younger right like mm-hmm. it's like if you get the guys who are like better than average and younger but you get the scheme and they're all on the same page then you actually have a really good team as opposed to like you know you don't need you need some stars but you don't need all stars along the front you need people who get it and know where they're supposed to go and how to react and how to how to make things like understand the assignment and execute. Oh,
0: Cynthia, always great to see you. Uh, you're Expedia. a popular person here on Radio Row, so you've got places to be and go. <laughs> oh, we, we appreciate I, you taking the well,
2: time. I, I appreciate hanging out with you guys. i am never <laughs> too. Listen, I'm very popular, obviously. <laughs> Just kidding. Nowhere near Bucky. This is the first time Bucky's had like even five minutes for me. since. Oh, my doing? What's going Listen, on, Bucky? What He's the king of the How combine. He's doing? the king of the combine. Who's asking? I'll People were you. like, hey, <laughs> there's a throne over there. Is that Bucky's? I'm like, actually, it is. So thanks for letting me no, no, it was cool.
0: Back. It's all good. Back with more in a moment. This is Huddle Up. Welcome back. Huddle Up continues from the Indiana Convention Center. Live like a VIP with a Daly's Place Blue membership. See Dave Matthews Band, the Doobie Brothers, Parker McCollum, New Kids on the Block, Bucky's Group, and so much more as you enjoy guaranteed seats in the best locations and much more. Call 904-633-2000. Patrick, John Osher, Bucky Brooks, Cynthia Freeland, out of here, popular here on Radio Row. Uh, always good to get her thoughts on uh, where the Jaguars stand. And she's all about the defensive coordinator, Bucky.
1: Yeah, look, I think that's the biggest move that was made in the offseason. Ryan Nielsen coming in to – I would say upgrade the defense because for a while there at the beginning of the season the defense was kind of carrying the team while the offense was going through its struggles. But now it's about the consistency. You talk about just eliminating some of the things that plagued the team. So a better pass rush, a more consistent pass rush. We saw Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen have success. Need to find another pass rush to be able to compete at a high level. And then in the secondary, what is going to be like the style that is preferred in the back end? Are they going to be an off team that plays soft coverage, keep everything in front, and then the red zone, they use tricks and gadgets to kind of keep people from scoring touchdowns? Or are they going to challenge people at the line of scrimmage? You heard Nielsen and his, his introductory presser talk about being nose-to-nose, taking away some of the easy throws, but not giving up the deep ball. Sounds great in theory, but can he get it done with this secondary as it's presently constructed? Yeah,
3: everybody would like to do that, right? Yeah. But, I mean, do. So uh, <laughs> does the personnel – in your opinion, can it play that? Do they need to add it in the draft? Uh, how did they get there?
1: Well, I mean, I think some of the personnel definitely can play that. When you think about um, Tyson Gamble, like he is definitely more comfortable being nose-to-nose. That's how he played at Georgia. So he wants to be a bump and run corner. It's one of the reasons why he didn't have a lot of interceptions in college because his back was always to the throw, and he would make late breaks and late breakups on the pass. Darius Williams is one who is – really comfortable playing off, but he can go and challenge people nose-to-nose. I would think that maybe you bring in another corner because even though Antonio Johnson is slotted in to be a knicker, you still need to have more guys on the outside that can line up and play the style that they're talking about playing. I think the biggest uh, addition would be Chris Richard because as much as Nielsen will talk about what he wants to do, Chris Richard would be tasked with getting the secondary to be able to execute it at a high level has success back in his day with the Legion of Boom in Seattle, has done a really good job of developing people, young defensive backs throughout his tenure. Can he get this group to go from good to great? That would be the key to whether this defense plays at a high level.
3: How tricky is it uh, draft? You know, in theory, you draft 17th mm-hmm. overall pick, draft a corner. And it's easy on paper to say, well, that guy comes any place nickel, then he kicks outside to outside the next year. But – my experience is nickel and outside can be different skill sets. So, is it hard to automatically ask a guy that you think can be a starter long term outside to come in and be a nickel, which to me is a guy who has to have awareness, mm-hmm. all that stuff? Is that tricky?
1: It is tricky. Um, you know, there are two ways to think about the nickel position. Normally, your best player. Your most experienced player goes in the nickel because you have to deal with all of the stuff. You're a half linebacker, half safety corner or whatever, so it it requires you to know a lot about defensive ball. And so you want someone who has played a lot of snaps to kind of be in there. It's hard for a young player to jump in there. And so what you would do in a perfect world, one of those guys – Campbell or Williams would kick into the slot. The new corner would come and play right corner because that's the corner that doesn't see as many throws. And then you're able to play that way. That's hard to see with what. Yeah, but but that's not how we're presently constructed. So you have to make a decision. Am I going to just draft the skill set? Am I going to draft someone who's very comfortable inside in the nickel? Or is it a situation where maybe we feel good about the starting lineup where it's Williams, it's Antonio Johnson and nickel, it's Campbell, Draft a long term situation because Williams and Campbell are free agents next year. Have someone that can yeah. come in maybe in the dime package when they go six defensive backs. Let them get some experience so then next year they're ready to play as a four time starter at one of those outside spots.
3: Hard to see a number 17 pick being a six uh, defensive back. Too, six. He won't be
1: a six. He won't they, be <laughs> a six. There's ways you can rotate those guys okay. in. Big nickel, little nickel. You can change the configuration where you get enough snaps to justify the pick
3: yeah it's a tricky spot though it's, it's it is definitely a tricky it's trickier spot as we're, drafting as, we're, on next yeah,
1: as we're presently constructed because the, the other thing would be like how do you move all the pieces around because wingard has been a guy that's kind of floated around and mm-hmm. done some things some games he's nickel other games he's uh the ornament atop the christmas tree a lot of it depends on how good do you feel about a can we get one of these guys to go inside and play a lot of that would be determined in otas and those things but
3: the ornament atop the Christmas tree. Yeah, the, the that's deep, a new Bucky is
1: no the deep the deep post player. Yeah, okay. like you got to be right. able to you know deep.
3: <laughs> the other I
0: another, think you just came up with that this week. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the other part of the conversation with Cynthia a moment ago was wide receiver and Calvin Ridley and and to her point and John I know you've made a similar point before. I mean, if you give up a thousand yards and what eight touchdowns he had, mm-hmm. you got to find those numbers somewhere. And are you confident you can find them on the current team? No, probably not, right? Mm. So you've got to go out and find that somewhere. So from Ridley's perspective, he'll be one of, if not the top wide receiver in free agency if he goes to the marketplace. Uh, the strategy uh, of franchise tagging they have till March 5th. I know the conversations are ongoing, Buck, but this is a fluid situation. It sounds like they want him back
1: from hearing him on the podium the other day. Oh, yeah, I think they definitely want him back. When, when the salary cap jumped up, it made it uh, very easy to envision – Josh Allen returning, Calvin Ridley returning, and the team keeping Cam Robinson. Before, when you think about it being only in a, an addition of 15 versus 30, you didn't know what was going to happen. Now you can bring all those guys back, and I think it's necessary to bring Calvin back because what it's going to do is going to give you the continuity on the outside. We really didn't get a chance to see the much-hyped wide receiver core play together due to injuries. You would like to see what it looks like with Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram mm-hmm. on the field, for significant games. like if they have Calvin play, having some chemistry, yes, too. Yeah, like, like, so. like a two-year like, – you would like to see how that works. And we talk about the, the offense works best operating inside out with Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk kind of setting the table then Calvin having some and Zay Jones filling in some of the – you would like to see that play out. You would like to see Dustin having an, an entire offseason with Trevor Lawrence and those guys can have the continuity. So you have to figure out a way to get it done. And I think it's interesting that Trent said – Don't worry about the draft compensation. That's right. Because we can talk about second-round pick, third-round pick, or whatever. I do know this. If you have multiple twos, you can get the multiple threes, you can get the two back. You can trade away the two threes and get a two back if that's what you're worried about. And so that's not a thing. The main thing is you want to get Calvin done. So if you're going to use the franchise tag on Josh Allen, he doesn't hit the market. But the clock is ticking, and we only have a couple days. Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking.
3: Top of the Christmas tree. Yeah. That's where it's ticking.
1: Apparently so. (laughs) The ornament. The ornament atop the Christmas tree. Yeah.
0: Um, All right. And then, of course, quarterback play. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, of course, Doug Peterson was asked about that. He is the guy. And they've got to do a better job in situational football with him, kind of keep him on track.
1: I would say the lesson to be learned, because coaches always learn from playoff experiences and those things. After watching the San Francisco 49ers have issues with the overtime rules you will see a more concerted effort to talk to the team about all situations. Um, Because a team may have lost a Super Bowl because they were unaware of some of the minor details, I would think that Doug Peterson will kind of pick up on that and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure we explain all these situations to the team. We're going to talk to the team about red zone, goal, short yardage, when we can extend the ball over the line because we saw that come up in the playoffs and it cost the Baltimore Ravens. All of those things will now be talked about because – You can't assume that just because a player's been in the league for some time that they know everything. So this will – not saying dumb it down, but you go back to high school and just make sure everything is clearly communicated so there aren't any uh, great areas when it comes to how we play and what we want to do.
3: Well, and if there's been an area where Trevor needs to improve, it's been that. Not that he's bad in situations, but uh, as a first, second, third-year guy – He's still learning those situations. I think I, I think situation you could be – you could argue mm-hmm. that some of that is, uh, causes the fumbles. You know, knowing sort yeah. of when to give up on a play, uh, sort of being a little more aware there. Uh, I don't think it makes him a bad player that he hasn't gotten through it yet because he's a young player. Mm-hmm. But as you move into fourth, fifth, sixth year, uh, those need to be more veteran guy things that he does. Uh, so far it's felt like young guy a lot.
1: Yes, and I will say this. Um, In looking at Pat Mahomes' continued development, everyone to talk about the talent. The best thing that Pat Mahomes has done, he's he's always retained the game changer thing, but he's become a, a better game manager. One of the reasons why the Kansas City Chiefs were able to go on is, yes, his spectacular talent, but the way that he was able to change his approach based on the team that he had around him. When he had guys that were having problems catching the ball and the offense wasn't as dynamic, he learned how to play more small ball. Dink and dunk. They took care of the ball in the postseason. It is now challenging Trevor to understand the situation, but also understand what you have around him. The circumstances. Mm-hmm. Some games you have to step it up. Other games dial it back because it, we're good enough to be able to win it because the defense is playing well. Just understanding all of those things comes with experience as he develops the expertise in being a franchise quarterback.
0: All right, so I got anything else right. on the docket? Okay, oh. no. Got to go back,
1: Chris. Yeah, we oh. got put one of
0: what a week. Nice to see you in person. Nah, man, it was great. It was great being there. All nice. let's, let's do it next week online. Okay, let's do it. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> Zoom call. Zoom call. It'll be a podcast only next week. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, John Osher, FJP Shatterfair, entire Crew. Thank
1: you for watching and listening to Huddle Up.